Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Good afternoon, everyone in the East Coast, and good morning, everyone on the West Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. And today we're talking about relationships. You know, we all want our relationships to be healthy, but do we always know how to make that happen? My guests are husband and wife authors, Steve, Stephen, and Angie McCord, a couple with more than 20 years in recovery, and they show you what works for them. The name of their book is A Spiritual Path to a Healthy Relationship, A Practical Approach. They draw from lessons learned in their own relationships and Steve's 18 years of experience in clinical practice, and they're going to bring us some wise counsel about what helps and what hurts a relationship. Welcome, Steve, and welcome, Angie. Thanks, Patricia. We're delighted to be here. Thank you. What do you think are the most important characteristics that one needs to bring to a relationship, either one of you? Well, first of all, a, a healthy sense of self, I think. Um, I think a relationship can only be as healthy as the two people in it. So I'm a big believer in, you know, know thyself and um, being able to accept oneself with, with one's character assets and one's short, shortcomings. And having a sense of emotional freedom, not have, not being bound to the past by, you know, un, un, incompleted things from the past. And, um, and then you're able to step into a potential relationship knowing, you know, what your values are, what your, your life vision is, what your wants and needs are, and you're coming from a place of choice versus, say, a compulsion of, you know, happy and to have somebody. So if one person is not healthy in the relationship and the other one is, how does that work? Does the unhealthy person drag the healthy person down or does the healthy person bring the unhealthy person up? <laughs> or does it depend? Well, um, typically, um, it may appear that one person's a lot more healthy, but um, as if they stay, <laughs> then it's, it's a, you have to start to wonder. Um, sometimes, mm-hmm. what appears to be healthy, um, such as uh, being unselfish, um, caring about other people, um, wanting to do good. Uh, if a person like that gets into a relationship with someone who's maybe um, selfish and dishonest, um, and they, the person A thinks, well, I'm going to just bring my goodness and, and help this person, um, there could be problems, you know, develop. And the, the person with an innocent naivete 
is trying hard to make the relationship work, and maybe it's not going to have that trajectory. It's like giving to it's like giving to a bottomless pit. So you keep giving and overgiving, right. and that's not mm-hmm. healthy either. Exactly. Mm. Now, Angie, you talk about the importance of creating a wish list when you're meeting someone. Um, explain that. Sure. Um, it was just a, uh, I shouldn't say just, um, a list of what the most important things were to me in a relationship. And I think it's really important to, to know what you want. And um, I went through this process. I actually was, was going to do this Internet dating thing, and it helped me to really clarify what it was I wanted, and I was able to summarize everything I wanted into spiritual, prosperous, and fun, you know, falling into that, those three major categories, and prosperity not meaning money, but a general uh, wealth of consciousness, if you will. But some of the things that were on my list that are not so common is I was really clear that I wanted someone to who wants to be in a relationship with me. I didn't mm-hmm. want any man before his time. Um, I was good. really done with people who didn't know what they wanted. And I always advise women, if a man says uh, he doesn't want to be in a relationship, take him at his word. <laughs> Thank him mm-hmm. for the information. Move on, because mm-hmm. sometimes women think, oh, he'll change his mind as yes. soon as um, he finds out how wonderful I am. I wanted someone who had good values, and is faithful, and was spiritual in his own way, and really willing to work on the relationship. Then some of the more obvious things would be, you know, the compatibility factors, a sense of humor, likes to play, mutual attraction, wants to have a nice home, wants to travel or share a variety of fun things with me, has enough money to do so, and is a good companion, likes to have discussions and listen. And the thing that I found interesting is these are only the essential things, and there were no physical requirements on my list. Hmm. Why? Because I didn't think that was important. <laughs> I think that if you're attracted enough to someone, that's enough. They don't and have you to know, have... Steve, you write about this. You discuss how physical attraction can mess up or blind a person to what's really important. Why do you feel that, and what should people be aware of? Well, I think physical attraction is a wonderful thing and, and not to, you know, automatically, if it's there, run the other way, obviously. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and it's a matter of um, consciously making the decision whether to act on it um, or to choose to go slower and get to know the other person. You know, sex can be a celebration of love, but if too soon, it can be a barrier to truth. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen a lot in my clinical practice where people meet and they mistake uh, infatuation for for love, and infatuation. One definition I like is um, false fire, more like mm-hmm. a flash in a pan. Whereas intimacy, it takes some time to develop. You know, true intimacy. I like the, the quick definition of "into me you see." It's two people allowing each other to see into them and to be open, mm-hmm. open-hearted, and really get to know each other mm-hmm. and see if there's a compatibility. Values. So what should people ask themselves before they plunge into a serious relationship? Well, there's a few questions that uh, we found helpful when we coach people is, uh, do I respect and admire this person? Uh, do I have a sense of ease and comfort with them? Do we have uh, compatibility, such as in our spiritual values, some of our, our short or long-term goals? 
um, am I willing and able to honestly communicate my feelings with this person? And I think that's a function of whether we have a sense of ease and comfort. Is, is, uh, are we able to just be really open and forthright? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. What What else would you say? Um, I know you both talked about this. If people are coming up with their list or what are the qualities they're looking for, uh, how do you advise people? You said put the things that you like and the things that mean a lot to you. Anything else about creating a list? Well, one of the things is in setting a vision about what kind of a relationship you want, um, how you want to feel, what you want the relationship to be like. And um, Steve had, I'm sorry, we have an echo on our line. I don't think we can get rid of it. Um, Steve also had a... uh, um, for a man, he said that a man needs to know first who he is, and secondly, then uh, who will go with him, and that there could be a lot of problems if those two things get reversed. So, so explain that. So, go back and explain that again. Well, it kind of ties it ties back into um, what I said earlier about knowing thyself. If you. Uh, are, are reaching out to be in a relationship from a place of, of uh, not knowing yourself, feeling like you need someone else in order to complete you, um, an underlying sense of you know lack of fulfillment with one's life. Uh, those aren't motivations that are going to usually um, lead to a healthy relationship or possibly even attract a healthy partner. Mm-hmm. As we do the work on ourselves to get to know ourselves and what you know what we're about and our values, wants and needs, then a better position to attract another person who has has that capability as well. And you can go in, I've, I've heard it said that, uh, well, I've actually observed this, where a lot of a lot of cases, people have both eyes open uh, once they're married, but they've only had one eye open prior, and it's better to have those two reversed, so you have, you know, both eyes open well, that brings me up to something else that you write in your book. You say that living together is like pouring miracle grow on character defects. So why do you say that? Because if you live together, wouldn't you have both eyes open? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's, it's when we're, there's a big difference between brief encounters of the close kind and close encounters of the 24-7 kind. And mm-hmm. uh, when we... When we're first dating, we're spending a limited amount of time with the other person, and it's very easy to put our, our best foot forward. Um, and over time, uh, if we are living together, it's like our quirks have nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. And a lot of times in the early parts of the relationship, too, these quirks are, are endearing. And, uh, but over time, they can start to occasionally grate on the partner. And I talk about the four R's of, of relationships, the uh, first one is romance, and the second one is reality, and the third one is which show? I'm right here. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have romance and reality, and then we have when when this is typically what happens um, in in relationships, and it can be earlier on in the relationship, or it could be after a marriage of five or ten or twenty years. The third one is rethinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you come up against an obstacle. 
goal. And I like what you said in one of your clips about, you know, turning obstacles into opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that is an opportunity then to really go deeper. Um, One of the things that the healthy relationship, when both people can really own their own stuff and willing to look at, you know, what are they bringing to whatever type of conflict that's arising. And instead of, you know, pulling out the uh, blame thrower. Absolutely. But I'd like you to answer that again in terms of why you feel living together first is not such a great idea in light of the fact that you want to keep both eyes open and be realistic. Oh, oh, I don't think we said that. Okay. Um, We were just saying, and I'm going to put this a different way. Um, My observation is that when you're dating or before you're living together, um, you can be having challenges at work or in your life, and then you're together and you're suddenly lifted uh, into, I'll just call it la-la land. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, seeing the other person actually takes you away from your real life and uh, just it, it's kind of like, like a, a drug. Yeah, it really is, it is wonderful. It's a euphoric feeling. When and, you and what's living, wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that except my observation is that when you start living together, um, things change because suddenly mm-hmm. you're part of each other's real life. You're sharing the plumbing problems. You're sharing the challenges of keeping the home and all of that, and they become a part of your reality instead of something that lifts you out of your reality. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets real. Yeah. Yeah, and so you need to understand that, but then how does that translate then from living together into marriage? Well, I think living together can be very useful, as you alluded to a minute ago, as a way to get to see each other, Mm -hmm. get to know each other. Step of the way. But then, you know, Steve, you hear all the time, and I've heard this about people who live together, and then they get married and it doesn't work. I mean, I've heard those stories, too. Well, a lot of marriages don't work. They only last for a few years. There's definitely no, no one-size-fits-all. Um, you know, some people, their values are such that they, they don't want to So let's live talk about that, Nick. Let's talk about how marriages can be saved or what are signs that may be time to call it quit. Sure. We don't necessarily think that every marriage should be saved, um, especially where there is emotional or physical danger, particularly mm-hmm. to children. Um, some of the times when a marriage wouldn't be saved would be, well, first of all, before we get to that point, we like to talk about what are your must-haves and what are your deal-breakers in a relationship. What's the most important thing to you? That's good. So Steve actually had me fill out a little questionnaire when we were dating, which at first was kind of scary because we here we had this wonderful relationship, and I think this is a key to one of the reasons that people are afraid to talk with each other about what they really want. So he had me fill out this little questionnaire, what are your must-haves, what are your deal-breakers, and some things in between. And then we compared them, and I was so relieved to find out that we wanted the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think the point at which a marriage doesn't work is when your must-haves are no longer being met. I'll give you an example. Yes. Um, Say one of the important things in my life is to have a drug-free, sober home. 
and I am with someone who begins drinking alcoholically and making threats and things like that, then my must-have is no longer met. Mm -hmm. And there can be a point where your must-haves and deal-breakers can be renegotiated uh, within the relationship later on if something changes, but those things remain pretty essential. And a lot of times in my clinical practice, I see um, a couple come in, you know, one or both have, essentially already left the relationship. Their heart's been closed for any number of reasons, uh, possibly a betrayal or a broken trust. Um, and I see a real pivotal you know, key is whether a relationship can be saved is if both people really want it to be saved and both people are willing to really roll up their sleeves and do the work mm-hmm. um, and look at you know, what, what their part is and any amends to be made to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Angie, you talk about making amends as part of that, really looking at what the issues are in the relationship. How does amends work? I think what we're going to do right now is take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll recall to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. And my guests are Steve McCord and Angie McCord, and they are husband and wife team and authors of the book, A Spiritual Path to a Healthy Relationship, A Practical Approach. They have a couple with more than 20 years in recovery, which shows you what works for them. Welcome back, Angie and Steve. Thanks, for Thank you. Okay, let's, um, I want to go into the recovery part of this in terms of becoming healthy. Uh, I know that in your book you talk a lot about God, and mm-hmm. I'd like you to discuss the God aspect and also the recovery aspect of uh, developing a healthy relationship. Well, for us, um, the recovery part really um, provided a, an instant compatibility. We, we actually met 
in a community and became friends. And we were part of uh, a coffee circle that went out every Sunday, and, and that's where we got to get to know each other. And so we were very fortunate in that we've already, we already had both of us being in, in recovery for um, myself over 20 and Angie over 30 years. Uh, already kind of spoke the same language. We had uh, already committed to this path, and um, <clears throat> so there was an instant compatibility there. And um, being of service. Hmm. Yeah, for me, spiritual is a lot about, you know, what defines our seeking? You know, are we seeking closeness, connection, caring, you know, being able to communicate those values versus, uh, you know, a fleeting pleasure or stuff or status or domination or dependence? You know, what lifts our spirit? Hmm. You go back and to having the same values, I mean, that sounds very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you both were coming from the same place. Yes, absolutely. And when we talk about another one of those is um, forgiveness, and we had started to talk earlier about amends. And I'm going to turn that over to um, Steve, if that's okay, for him to tell a story that does give a good example of that yeah, about amends com- and forgiveness. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Common Steve. values is, is this only works if both people are on board with it. And just as a, a you know minor example, but it's illustrative. Uh, a while back, um, we were given an opportunity um, to host some people over for dinner, and I was interested in doing it, and Angie had a pretty full day that day and said that she preferred to decline because she had a full day, and I said, well, how about if I help out? And um, that made it possible for her to say, say yes. So the time came later that afternoon to start preparing dinner, and I was out working in the garden, and she'd come out to let remind me that the time was approaching and I got caught up in what I was doing and lost track of time. And by the time I got back into the house, um, you know, the, <laughs> the window had kind of closed. She had gotten most of it done. And um, I was aware that I had made a commitment to her to be available to help and that I was not, you know, I, and what I said to her is, um, Angie, I'm aware that I'm out of integrity with the commitment I made with you to help you with dinner and to... I would like to perform a, a, a small act of service to get back in integrity. And for, the, for starting tonight, for the next seven days, I will do all your dishes. Is that mm. acceptable? So what I wanted to say about that then, because it's such a good example, is that I'm always looking at, you know, what was my part? What did I do wrong? So when mm-hmm. he didn't come in and help me, what I thought was, well, what could I do differently? And I said, well, the next time he says that he's going to help me, I just won't believe him. So that wouldn't be a very good thing for a marriage. And he had, in fact, forfeited some of my trust. But when he came in and admitted he was wrong, then that gave me, you know, it just melted any resentment that I might have had. And so I think it's also important at that point to accept the other person's apology, not say, that's right, you were such a jerk. But could you have also called him or gone out and found him? I could have, and I could have drug him in. But I wasn't just in that frame of mind at the moment. I was just mm-hmm. into getting it done. And, and uh, you know, that's another way resentments build up because you're absolutely right. All of us need to ask for exactly what we want a lot more often. And, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened since then. So it was a very useful <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. I mean, that's really... All right, we're coming to a close. So what would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of having a healthy relationship and... Um, you know, a spiritual relationship, a healthy relationship, what would be your closing thoughts, both of you? 
I, w- I think what I want to say, and this is the reason we wrote the book, is that it's never too late and don't give up. Uh, we each are people who had miserable, painful relationship experiences and long periods of not just aloneness but loneliness. Mm-hmm. And we believe that if it's possible for us, I just want to put that hope out there into the world. And we also put um, stories of 11 other couples in our book who have been through uh, some just you know devastating experiences and their relationship survived. We just want to say there's always hope. We got together mm-hmm. later in life. We're very happy despite our, our um, wonderful background. <laughs> How can people find you? Do you both give workshops? Well, we do have a website, and it's at www.centralrecoverypress.com okay. slash books slash a spiritual path. All right. All right. If we have an ongoing to... blog. Well, I want to thank you both, Stephen McCord and Angie McCord, authors of A Spiritual Path to a Healthy Relationship, A Practical Approach. Thank Thanks you so, so much, much for being Patricia. on the program. Thanks. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up Patricia Raskin Positive Reading for today. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.